everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. Happy May to everybody, uh, which means May the 4th, this Thursday, which means the return of TRB Live Thursday nights. That's right. No streaming show means we're going live Thursday night on TRB Live. We're going to talk all the latest news of this upcoming week, including what happens on May the 4th, which of course Visions 2 comes out. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and with me, as always, talking about Star Wars on this episode that you're listening to right now, and will also be joining me Thursday, is James and Lacey. Uh, I'm John, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Um, so TRB Live coming back. Uh, for us, it's going to feel the same, just a different day. Because uh, Mando Fan Show, we've been getting that going. Um, so I'm sure we're all excited about that. But one other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, Carrie Fisher is finally joining the ranks of... Hollywood stars on Hollywood Boulevard about time with her star on the Walk of Fame. Yes, yeah, so I want to get your guys' quick reactions to that. And do you think Carrie Fisher would have wanted this? I think she would have been flattered, but her whole acceptance <laughs> speech would have been like, "Great, now people can you know walk on me," and like she would have made it like a joke that she was getting one. But I think for any celebrity, it probably means something. But I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest. Mm. just based yeah. on like other people that i've seen got stars before her. yeah this is one of those weird things right where where it seems like it's one of those things where you get it when you get nominated or something like that like they're almost like there's a group of people that are like you know who we haven't done yet this famous person but yeah. it's actually more along the lines of like the opposite of that like you have to apply for it and then they just approve it yeah so, you have to pay for it yeah. So yeah. Th- this to me was interesting because I was like, oh, who's doing this then? Is it like her family or it's obviously in some connection with Star Wars Day, May 4th? Maybe this film is Disney is Lucasfilm. Billy, Lord, Billy like, Lord is the one I know, like uh, accepting it. So I wonder if it was just her estate who like, put it together and said, like, listen, we don't know. How she, you know like she didn't ever really pushed for this, but I think yeah. this she needs to be recognized forever, you know. One of those things. So I, I, anytime you talk about Carrie Fisher, I like it because then people just talk about Carrie Fisher in general. So I like that mm-hmm. aspect of it. Uh, I'm not, you know, enamored one way or the other about the walk of fame. It's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but uh, I don't know. It makes me miss Carrie Fisher. That's my take on it. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely one that like now, if you're there, it's a name that I might go see. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I would be excited right. to go see. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. It's another just name on the list. That's uh. That's. I don't know. It still gives. It still gives the walk like <laughs> that extra level of like when you go. It's like something you're you're walking down. And you're like, oh, I know this person. I know this person. I know this person. Yeah. It, it, it is kind of neat, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it would be weird if you know you see Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and there's no Carrie Fisher one. Like that'd be weird. Um, those three are just no matter what they are known for to other people, those three are synonymously just linked forever. Um, yeah. but so, so yeah, definitely, uh, congrats, uh, to Carrie Fisher and, uh, sure. really do miss Carrie Fisher. Every, even the celebration, I'm thinking like, man, it would have been so fun if Carrie Fisher was on this panel or like walked out and talked about something borderline inappropriate you know or or whatever <laughs> but um we do uh have some 
other names that we're going to talk about. And will these people have a star on the Walk of Fame one day? Uh, we'll see. But we're going to get into what they're up to in the Resistance Report. It's the Resistance Yep. Uh, Dave Filoni. I don't know if that's who you're talking about or not, but there is always the chance that that background actor with the cowboy hat does get a star one day. Um, no, Dave, Dave Filoni um, was asked by Collider a couple questions that had to do with the future of Star Wars and his movie and Ahsoka and how that connects with Rebels. And while I don't, th- my personal opinion, I don't think we got a lot out of it it was very interesting to see dave filoni talk about these things uh in respect to him saying things like oh i wrote every episode and that was a lot of work but i know the characters well and i knew that we were going to be able to get it done quickly and it was going to be done the best if i just handled that you know so a lot of interesting comments coming from him out of this interview um i'm actually going to start with you Lacey. What, what what are your thoughts on uh the dave filoni comments here uh you know, anything stand out to you? It's funny you say interesting comments because every question he goes, that's an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> that's like his he thing. Did. Yeah, I kind of noticed he, it. That's a great question. And then he, he that's, doesn't. And he he looks at the publicist. That's an interesting question. <laughs> and then he like looks at the publicist like, and I know for um, stuff that came out after Celebration that he doesn't in this interview say how many episodes there are. He says that eight to 10 is a good estimation. Uh, but then Ray Stevenson was like, oh, there's eight <laughs> later on <laughs> the press that? line. Yeah. He said he wasn't going to say. And then in his answer was like, I have to say probably like of the eight episodes, my favorite is, you know, all of them. Or something oh, like that. And so like he gave it away. But, <laughs> he oh. gave it away. How many directors um, did they announce? Six? Seven yeah. had to be because then Filoni's doing two. Yeah, yeah. he said he, in this, Dave Filoni said that he did more than one episode, so I was like, so it's the amount of directors at least plus one. Yeah, Ray Stevenson said eight. He let it, he literally goes, I'm not going to say what it is, and then he goes, so out of the eight episodes, and you're like... "Um, So there's one other director that's doing more than one, because there's six total directors. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Dave did Um, three. Yeah, or Dave did three, yeah. Because he yeah. said more than one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, the thing I think that stuck out to me is that uh, they had asked him if people aren't into Rebels, which is something we talk about a lot on the show. If someone hasn't been in the animation shows, how do they get into these stories that are basically being pulled from the animation side? And he gave a real an- honest answer. He goes, you could probably just watch season four and be okay. <laughs> Like, I found that very interesting because usually creatives and whether it's John Favreau or even Dave Filoni sometimes like don't give specific answers to those things. They're like, oh, well, you know, go back and enjoy Rebels, you know, but for him to be like, you could probably just watch this one season and be okay uh, was such like an honest and pure answer from him that I really thoroughly enjoyed because it was just very straightforward. Um, But I mean... It's just crazy seeing him on a press line talking about this show that's basically characters that are his characters that are making that jump. And then event and he had just, you know, found out he was doing or been announced that he was doing a movie prior to this. So like he's vibing on that energy too. And you can just feel mm, it yeah. radiating off of him how 
kind of anxious, nervous, excited he is. Um, I also find it very interesting that during the Ahsoka panel, he was very much like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. And then in this interview, he kept turning to his publicist, making sure like <laughs> he's right. not saying anything. Um, but yeah, I think, man, I'm just so excited for Ahsoka. And it's not a show that I would have a couple of years ago, I think, been as excited for. And I'm definitely someone that jumped on the Ahsoka train later, like with probably the Mandalorian more than with the animation just because it just was such a cool episode for me. And I love how Rosario Dawson has taken the character in a new direction. So I'm excited to see what comes from that. But there is that really cool side of this conversation where he talks about uh, things that are in development that haven't been announced yet. And they talk yeah. about that a little bit. And he sure. doesn't give an answer as to, again, that is an interesting question. Um, he doesn't give an answer to how many, but the idea that he talks about now there is a department or section process for things in development makes me think that like, man, I wish I was in front of that whiteboard because you know, there's just so many things probably being thrown out there that it just then gets thrown into this filter <clears throat> and so many things come out. Um, but yeah, that would be, that would be the one thing that like people are like, Oh, what would you want to see? Bring me in that room. That's what I want to see. What's being discussed? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, I I agree um, with his comments about the. Uh, I mean, I agree with everything he said. the The rebels thing really stuck out to me, though, as far as like, what can we pull from this interview where Dave Filoni really doesn't say a whole lot? I thought the comments about what to watch in Rebels was probably the most intriguing. Like, what can we pull out of that? Cause he starts by saying the episode where Kanan dies. And I'm like, so of all things, that's the, that's the one that you should mm -hmm. start with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so then they're definitely going to talk about Ezra's connection with that moment mm -hmm. or Hera's connection with that moment. Mm -hmm. There's definitely something about that scene that's going to elevate uh, Ahsoka for people who have seen that one episode. Then he says all of season four probably would be just fine. And it's like, OK, you know, that's a little bit more blankety of like there's just stuff in season four. But still that to narrow it down to one season, I thought was such a good answer, at least <laughs> that too. Yeah. And I mean, he does, he does end up sort of defaulting on the back of his says it's all there. If you want to see it, it's on Disney plus. He sort of falls back on if Once you watch just one episode or this season, you'll probably just want to go back and watch it all. I think we ended up going back and watching multiple, multiple runs of things. Um, but I, I thought him starting with that answer of probably Jedi Knight, the episode where Kan an unfortunate thing happens to Kanan, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I start with why would he start with that? That's interesting, you know. I, mm -hmm. I that that's cool. Um, John, did anything stick out in the interview to you? Something unfortunate happened to Kanan. What's that? <laughs> yeah. uh, he's dead. <laughs> we didn't spoil it. He just said something. No, bad. I'm just saying like something unfortunate happened. It's like the ultimate unfortunate thing. Because <laughs> no more no more unfortunate things that can happen to you because you're dead. Yeah, you're um, just dead. So I took that I put the 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 Disney filter over those answers. And I think they're like making sure the narrative is don't make the audience feel like they have to do a homework to watch this show. So 
tell them as little as possible that they don't even need to watch it, which he did. Um, but if you got Filoni probably off camera behind backstage at celebration, he'd be like, I, I think everyone needs to watch everything in Rebels, you know? But this answer allows people to be like, I gotta wait. I, if he said it the other way, I have to watch four 75 episodes of this cartoon in order to get this show. Because he's like, <laughs> oh, Mike, that's a nightmare for us. Like, we need people to watch this show. So I think part of it is a very sly way to make sure people don't feel overwhelmed heading into this show. Uh, and then the other part, him saying, but I think you'll go back and watch all of it is him getting his like real thoughts sort of out there without being obvious. But do you, um, can I jump in? Do you, do you think that he has handled Mandalorian well, as far <laughs> as like how much of the clone wars do you have to watch for Mandalorian to make sense? Yes. Yeah. I think it's yeah. that same if, feeling. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I I'm, I'm saying, I think he's done a very good job because people don't have to watch clone wars for Mandalorian right. to make sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. No doubt about it. And um, you know, the other aspects of things he said, definitely being coy. I did like that. He turned, had to turn to uh, a PR rep or publicist and like, say like, are we allowed to say this? Because like Lacey alluded to, he he's, and we observed this celebration. He seems to be the most protective person in the room at all times. Whereas, you know, maybe Favreau will have a slip of the tongue here and there and Giancarlo Esposito certainly will and Carl Weathers, but Filoni's like Zoop, nothing, and that's why I that think... Ahsoka panel was so boring. I hate to say it, but they didn't tell, they couldn't tell us anything. Yeah, and I think like, they... I saw Jude Law. Uh, sorry, oh, I saw Jude okay. Law on Jimmy Fallon talking about Skeleton Crew, and I wanted to put it in the Resistance report. I'm like Skeleton Crew, Jude Law, awesome. He couldn't say a damn thing. The only thing he said was that he saw a Jawa, and it made him starstruck. Everything else, he's like. It's like Amblin. It's 10 to 12 year olds going on an adventure. I'm like, oh, the back of the video box that we've heard over and over about this show. Yeah. You can't say a thing. It's like they got to open this up a little bit. Like have Jude Law go out there with the new droid or the new creature. And it's not going to spoil anything, but it gets buzz going. The fact that he's there and he's like, oh, I can't say anything to the point now where it's this running gag with these late night show hosts where they're like, I know you can't say anything, but here's a thousand dollars. It's like, oh. Just open it up a little bit. It's okay. You know, the book, the novel version of Star Wars came out before the movie did. You know, sometimes it's okay to let a little info out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I was just going to say that I, I feel like Dave Filoni does a good job, though, of keeping the fan experience true to them. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's what he's often protecting more than anything else. Um I, I still fall back on that. I think Disney and Lucasfilm are more secretive than anybody else. And I think people like yeah. Dave Filoni are going, I'm under heavy contracted NDAs. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> like Same with Jude Law. So I agree. I think one of the coolest moments in Star Wars, like fandom, was when we saw BB-8 for the first time in the trailer and everybody thought it was CGI and they rolled BB-8 on the stage at Celebration. Mm -hmm. Like that was insane. They tried to do that with Dio later on and it didn't have the same impact. BB-8 was just so amazing that it was technology that like didn't exist at the time. So mm -hmm. I just, I agree with you, John. I think that it, it doesn't hurt to give a little bit more info. And I think they're going to see more success in the long run because it's going to attract people to that, that aren't normally into Star Wars. Like I saw a really funny comedian on Instagram and TikTok 
do a whole thing where he's walking on New York street and he usually talks about like TV nowadays. He's like, you know, there's three types of shows on TV. There's, you know, rich people that are depressed, like white Lotus and all sorts of stuff. And he's like, and the number two is like star Wars shows that are about like a pilot that's in the movie for two seconds that winks at the camera. And now he has four seasons. Like, I don't want to watch that. And it's like, <laughs> it, it was funny to me because it's clearly someone that's not a huge star Wars fan, but speaking from the idea of like, this is a lot. <laughs> So I mean, anytime Jack Black series is going to be amazing when it when it comes out <laughs> <laughs> in three years. But yeah. it was just it was really funny. And he does that a lot because he had made another joke about the Mandalorian where he's like the new bounty hunter named wah, wah, who goes to the planet. Blah, blah, blah. And like, that's the joke that normal, I would say normal in the sense of like non Star Wars fans have is like, is this too much for me? And I think this plays into what you were saying, James, is like. You have someone like Floney being like, okay, you can start here, but you don't need to. You can just come in fresh. I think Filoni has handled that well with the Mandalorian, but I do get concerned like John does that like how secretive are you being or how crazy are you getting with the the Easter eggs and nitty gritty stuff that you're turning other people away because they feel like they're not in on it. Yeah. That's, That's what I concern. think is going to be the most interesting thing about Ahsoka is <sighs> fans that didn't watch rebels coming in and enjoying the show is that not going to work for them and then the opposite of that of it being just like a show that stands on its own and not having enough payoff from all these people who are like i thought this was going to be the you know fifth season of rebels and it's you not. have two sides here that could yeah. conflict with each other because you have the rebels fans that want that payoff that aren't getting enough or go the other way where they're getting too much and these fans over here are going i don't know about this i don't care about this Give yeah. me Luke Skywalker. And I think he's here know? both parties, and so it's it's yeah. going to be right down the line. It's not going to be as rebelly as you think it is, and it's going to have its own story. That uh, you know, if you're coming into it uh, brand new, you're probably going to be fine with it, but you you might feel like you're missing out on some of the stuff because you're not as caught up with a lot of these characters that it seems like all your friends or you know your Star Wars friend knows all about. But you're like, I've never seen that character before. I don't know why. What's, what's the big deal with? this person there's going to be a lot of five things you could have missed in episode one of Ahsoka. yeah it is it is odd to have someone start with an episode where um one of the main leads of that show dies and if you never watched it or you have no idea who kanan is like, you're just what? like you have no emotional attachment you don't care you're like that's where this dude who can't see can see now and he kissed that chick and now he's dead uh what so spoiler alert john Jeez. really <laughs> really jeez I, I love the people listening to this star wars podcast 20 minutes in like oh i never heard of this show before what is this i can't wait Rebel. to look at the comments of this video where everyone's like spoiler alert john <laughs> yeah yeah because you keep the dumb joke going that's we're gonna be talking about spoilers in our next story too yeah, well we le well let me finish by just saying he has you starting on season four, episode 10. There's like six episodes left in the whole series. There's no way Dave Filoni like actually feels that way. That's all I'm saying. He, he just wants to make sure people and it could have been directed from the top down, especially with the pressure that's on Disney Plus right now. Like, don't make these people feel like they have to do a lot of homework to watch this show. We need people to watch this show, you know, so can I say something about Dave Filoni that has nothing to do with this story? Mm -hmm. Is it about his hat that's very jarring and it took everybody out of Mandalorian? It is, but it, not that. So, Which I'm I kidding, love, by the way. Yeah, I love his black hat. It's like his thing, you know. 
And one of the things that I saw on social media was uh, an interview. I, I don't know if it was Collider or not, but talking about um, his hat and why he wears it. And he's like, oh, I wear this hat because this guy walk a ranch when I'd walk around. The sun would get in my eyes. So I wore a hat. And he's like, and then it became my thing because I wanted fans to know who I was. He's like, but then also when I took the hat off, I could like blend into the crowd, which made me laugh. Because if you watch the show, you on, on Netflix, who's like yeah. a serial killer where he puts a hat on and all of a sudden no one knows who he is. And like, but anyway, when I was at San Diego Comic-Con, the one time I went, Dave Filoni was standing 20 feet from me and he had his hat off. And at first I didn't recognize him. And then I looked over and I realized who it was because he was talking with uh, the NECA people at like, they had like a Guillermo del Toro figure or something. And he was talking to them and I was like, he's, he's right. Like he takes the hat off and you don't even kind of recognize mm-hmm. it probably more so now than then. But uh, I just, I love the hat. I hope he keeps wearing it. Yeah. It's a trademark. Good silhouette. I- I like uh I like the idea of the like picture where it shows it getting bigger and bigger. Like has it like <laughs> celebration twenty nineteen, <laughs> celebration twenty twenty one, celebration twenty twenty two, celebration, you know, or whatever. He's finally just on the stage with like one of those like ridiculous fashion hats. Everyone like, keeps posting that picture of him at celebration where he's like the shadow. Everyone right. has that one picture and they're like, Remember the shadow? And I'm like, I've seen it like twenty times. I've seen the shadow. <laughs> um well, let's get into our next spoiler-filled story, which is that <clears throat> talking about the upcoming. So, if you don't want to know about Andor, two, skip ahead. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen Andor, I don't know what you're doing here. But um, these are the yeah. actors talking about it. This isn't any sort of like site act- or actors yeah. and creators. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I just want to give people uh, the chance to jump if they want to. <laughs> Andy Circus. Uh, confirming uh along with tony gilroy both of them saying that the character of kino loy is in fact not dead uh did you get it now i said jump yep Uh, Um, (laughs) a little bit more uh into the details uh as the article talks a lot about the upcoming uh season from a bunch of different actors and exactly where we're going but one of that key uh the the the, probably the most pivotal information that we got out of this was uh, the very strong likelihood that we're going to see Andy Serkis's character return in season two in one way or another. Um, in uh, one aspect here, I was looking for the quote, um, if he jumped, that would be the end of him and he would be out of the picture. But no, he's alive and he's working out his next move. That came from Andy Serkis himself. So what do we think about this character potentially showing up in season two? John, what are your thoughts? I think so. Um, And I think for some people that's going to bother them and take away from the sadness and weight of uh, what we thought was his end um, at the end of uh, season one. Uh, I personally am okay with that because I don't know how many more rolls of the dice we're going to get with Andy Serkis being in Star Wars, but I'm a big fan of his. And if we can get more of him, then let's do that. So that's my, that's where I'm coming from. Um, and Gilroy sort of trying to like, he, he's not the type of guy who's going to like try to mislead you or, and he's not interested in that. He just wants to tell this story and stuff. So I think he's earnest when he says he didn't die. I don't know what happened, but he didn't die. We never saw him die. Like, for him to have made that conclusion with such conviction 
no right. so one he's deciding that two likely made sure uh you know story group and the canon keepers are cool with that for anything else they need that for so to me it's legit no sort of trickery and it's it's and when i say it's legit it's like yeah you could say he died and we never see him again well he didn't die and we never see him again so it's no point to the audience but i think it's being said because we are going to see him again and i like that andy's talking about he's like sort of plotting his next move now this doesn't mean Kino's going to have a happy ever after he may have another rough go in season two he may be even in a worse situation where he got caught and he's being interrogated like we, we don't know but the fact that there is looking like a very good chance we're going to see him back i don't think that's a spoiler it just gets me more excited for the return of andor because i thought he was so great and a standout and i'm a huge circus fan so all good for me i'm cool with hearing this and finding it out so you yeah, say you're a fan of the circus? Oh, are you a circus fan? <sighs> oh my god! <laughs> what 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 is going on? <laughs> what what was it? These comments that were are the thing you would like to talk about, or was there anything else in the article that that stood out? <clears throat> um, I'm I'm honestly just happy that he possibly could be coming back. I think he is. The fact that he was on the stage for celebration, he had such a big moment um, that he's openly talking about it. And so is uh, Tony Gilroy just kind of solidifies that something's going on. Like John said, though, <laughs> I can't see the guy that led this rebellion that gave this big, gigantic speech getting away unharmed, um, which is I don't know what's worse, like him jumping into the water and drowning or him having to go through what Bix went through, like what could be worse here? Um, but I, it makes me excited because I, I did like his role. I thought he was a standout in the show and, um, I'd love to see him back. Yeah. My last thing on it is just, it feels like based on the footage we saw in the trailers or whatever, that they really are going to, uh, lean deeper into the spy cat and mouse element of the show. So I could see them doing that with multiple characters now that they're sensing this rebellion actually being a tangible thing where maybe Kino is still in there and there's a di it's like a diehard situation where we get an episode where Kino Loy is like sort of trying to evade the remaining officers there and trying to figure out his way out. Doesn't mean he's going to get out, but we I think that'd be pretty cool to get a little bit of a Kino Loy diehard type of episode at that prison and maybe still have some sort of impact. Um, so I, I think that could be very cool. And it does, like I said, it really does seem like they're going to lean more heavily into the spy type of stuff for um, I, this season. So that would fit. <clears throat> I think Tony Gilroy saying what he did confirms for me that he's in the season. Uh, Andy Serkis's character. Mm -hmm. I, I think that um, number one, you said it, John, if you have a chance for Andy Serkis, you bring him back. You, fi you know, you figure out you, you, you just, you had such a great character. He's a standout character. Those are standout episodes. Um, so why wouldn't you want to bring him back? Uh, and that's another angle you can have on it. I just think that if like, so say, say he's not in season two and Tony Gilroy already knows that, you know, we didn't film anything. We didn't write anything for him. Why would he at that, this point say, well, he didn't die. I don't know what happened, but he didn't die. We never see him die. Wouldn't he want that character to have the story be that he couldn't jump. And so therefore, you know, that, that was the end. That's kind of what we all thought, but him coming out and saying, no, that's not what happened is set up 
in my opinion, for what is going to happen, what where the story, where the character goes from that point on. Yeah, um, that's how I feel. Yeah, because otherwise he's just he's kind of bringing down his own story. If that really was in fact the last we ever saw that character, the other thing that I think would would kind of be interesting is Lacey. You brought up the point of like I don't see anything good happening to this guy after he leads that rebellion and has that that speech and everybody gets away he can't just go back in and be like well you know hey back guys. to work i guess yeah yeah so my thought is just if kidding. he's still around maybe they milk him maybe they make him an extremely selfish character and he is like selling out the bad guys or the the good guys like he's telling them in he's giving the imperials information Mm, and playing mm -hmm. ball with them and maybe that's in one way how he somehow gets out of prison maybe they i don't want to say they let him go but you know what i mean he like kind of is writing his own check by selling out everybody else mm -hmm. potentially or something along those lines maybe they give him a little bit of that dynamic i don't know i'm interested i loved andor season one i can't wait for season two it's gonna it's gonna be great um we have one other uh, story here that I, is kind of interesting. It's a little little small, but um, we got kind of two things, and both of them involve the next Star Wars film, which is officially confirmed now, uh, at least from Charmaine Abdoy Chinoy, saying in an interview that her film is the next film, the one with Ray. She talks a little bit about how she's excited and how she um, has, you know, been, she came from here and she just keeps moving up. Nothing's going to stop her, all this stuff. So she's kind of speaking herself up in that. And uh, we have, we have another story that connects John Boyega to this movie. So I'm interested to see where, where we go and what were the standouts from these kind of two particular stories that involve the same thing. Lacey, I'm starting with you. What are your thoughts on the director's comments as well as the John Roca hot mic exclusive that John Boyega is in fact returning for that movie. Yeah. So the director comments were pretty straightforward. I don't think there were anything that she didn't say in the panel itself. She was very much like this movie's focused on Ray. It's the new Jedi order. Uh, she did go into saying how her career has consisted showing women kind of breaking the glass ceiling and, and telling their stories and stuff like that, which is, you know, exciting from my own personal perspectives, but also for the idea of Ray, because I feel like I've said this before, her story didn't really get told. It was kind of just intertwined with wrapping up Luke Skywalker, Leia and Han stories uh, and Ben Solo's story, really. So this is a chance for them to expand on her and let her have her own adventure and, and truly be even more of the hero than she was in the sequel trilogy, which is exciting. Um, plus Daisy's back, which is always like, you know, it's a dream come true for me. It was the one thing that, like, I thought they would never announce, which they did. It's absolutely insane. Um, and they the... were like, I still see videos of that and I just cringe. I was like, oh my gosh, <clears throat> shut up. So annoying. Um, I'm talking about myself, by the way, not the videos. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just so people aren't not Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley is not, not annoying. No, I am. Lacey Gillard. Um, So the other piece of this, so I thought that was pretty straightforward. There's nothing new there. It was very much like, oh, this is happening. It's nice to see it kind of reset in a video form compared to like the panel, which was obviously not streamed or anything. So to have right. her put it out there was great. Um, mm -hmm. Not surprising that it's the next movie. I think we all assume that, which leads me into the next thing with the Hot Mike podcast with John Roca and Jeff Snyder. 
Um, people thought that Jeff said this, but he didn't. It was John Roca who said that his sources are telling him that John Boyega is back. This is awesome. I'm super pumped about this, but I feel like to me, this is a no brainer. I really thought that this was just like an obvious thing that from the moment this was announced, we were talking about this collectively, the three of us. And I was like, John has to be coming back. He has to be. You can't tell Daisy's story and without John being there, you know, Ray and Finn's story go together. Like he also is force sensitive. <laughs> they basically said that in the movie and then also say it in like the Lego movie that he's now a Jedi, like training to be a Jedi. So it would just make sense to bring John back. I don't think he just did. Um, who, did he do? He just did some movie that was really, really well, like critically acclaimed. I'll, movie. I'll, I'll look it up. You, you go for it. Yeah. But um, I don't think he's busy besides that. So I'd love to see him come back and get back into Star Wars and play the Jedi that he always wanted to play from TFA. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing with Boyega is like I, I, a lot of people, I guess, didn't pick up on this or whatever about his force sensitivity in The Rise of Skywalker. I feel like they were very clear about it multiple times in the movie. The Woman but King it, is the movie he was in. Yeah, yeah I was I was waiting for John to. Yeah, the, the Woman King is the most recent thing that he's done, which was, um, I think, very fairly critically acclaimed. acclaimed. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's the path his character's on. That's the direction he's going. So can you imagine him saying no to this next movie which will finally put him in his character in the place that he was always hoping his character would be in like i can't see that especially let alone like whatever the compensation for doing the role is let's leave that aside and just get to john boyega 2014 super hyped on being in star wars has that big poster with the lightsaber and the trailer he's got it and all that stuff and jumping over the couch yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, trying to like rechannel that and knowing when, whenever he had, because we had heard, you know, John Boyega has met with Kathleen Kennedy and they buried the hatchet and things are better now and blah, blah, blah. And this was like a year or so ago. So maybe these conversations have been happening back then because Kathleen Kennedy in that IGN interview said this is something we've been working on for a couple of years. Which so, was the time Daisy was going for lunch, by the way. Which was last year, and I think Boyega's thing was the year before. Uh, you know, he was involved mm -hmm. with a lot of the protests going on, and he was a very public figure at that point. And a lot of that stuff resurfaced about what he went through in the sequel trilogy. And that's when Kathleen Kennedy, I think, brought him in. They had that talk, and I think that's how things started getting better. So I agree. This seems like a no-brainer to me. We got we got to call it a rumor because uh, it was just said uh, on Roke, by Roke on his podcast. But I don't think he would put himself out there if he didn't believe it um so uh i'm hoping it's funny because last week we talked about do you think it'd be a surprise reveal and lacy was like they won't be able to keep a lid on it and then john roker comes out and he's like mm -hmm. hey i heard from my sources that john boyega's coming back so here you go we're already two and, years away from celebration and now it's becoming one of those things like a maybe it's gonna end up like a liam neeson thing where it's like they could announce this summer yeah they could announce this summer at san diego comic-con or d23 boyega. Boyega may have to for a while do the Liam Neeson thing and say, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. happy for Daisy. They know how to reach me. You know, he could do one of those things. I think he'd be better at the it. The Lars Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so I like that. Um, 
I like the confirmation by the director. I know we've all been assuming that the Ray Skywalker movie would be next, but her saying I'm doing the next Star Wars movie to me is confirmation because she's right. the person making the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also affirmed that this is Ray's story. This isn't here's an ensemble movie. Ray's going to be a part of it, but then we're also going to have this and some Mandalorians and this over here. This she's is the Obi Wan. I'm going to introduce you later to the other three that are actually the leads. <laughs> Or that this is just the full passing of the baton from the legacy characters to you. Now this is your trilogy, adventure, you know. Yeah. So I like that as well. So all good signs here. Um, I'm eager to see what they come up with because uh, I've, I don't think I've seen the Miss Marvel stuff that she did. So I'd have to check those out to see her directing style because I, I definitely have not watched her uh, documentaries. Um, so I'm superheroed out. Can I just say that as a fan, as like a nerdy person, I just, I, yeah. so many superhero movies. I can't, I'm tired of it. <laughs> oh, oh, just in general, in general, like I'm very tired of superhero movies. Mm. It's just a yeah. lot. It's I'm a very lot. eager to see what they do with the new Superman with James Gunn, but, sure. um, yeah, so all, all in all, this is, you know, not a big story. Um, and some stuff seems obvious, but it just has me feeling good because, it makes me think about seeing Daisy and Boyga back to back with lightsabers, just getting into the mix. And I, I'm excited to see that realized. Absolutely. I thought the, um, I thought that the director video, I thought it was interesting, like that it was sort of released. It was very, it was a way to sort of introduce herself to the world and kind of, you know, give her come ups, you know, like, Oh, I've been doing that. There's like a, that cuts to a scene of her holding like, holding an Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this was obviously like sort of orchestrated a little bit to be like, put, put some faith in me. Like, I know you don't know who I am, but you know, I've come from the bottom up and I've been telling these stories and this is, you know, where oh, I'm excited to move in this. And I was like, this is a little bit of a puff piece here for her, which I think she needs so I, I, you know, that that's a smart move from where they're starting from. Um, and uh, there was the stuff about the John Boyega thing I thought was interesting um, just because of the the perspective of like those meetings that they had a year ago that you, we were mentioning mm-hmm. earlier. Like it's one of those things like John says, I will come back if the story actually has me being a Jedi. You know, that that kind of thing like that is the thing that's going to get me to come back. I don't know if it's like a story thing or not. Like now are they are they writing a Star Wars movie based on just like wanting John Boyega to be part of the movie? But but I don't know. I mean, it could it could be not that at all. He's like he could come into that meeting and say, look, at the end of the day, I don't care what you do, just what you tell me you're going to do. Actually do it. You know, or like, don't yeah. mislead me, don't misguide me on this path um, and make me think that this project is going to be one thing when it turns out to be something different. Uh, and I think that that's probably the best bet out of it. But it does it does make me think a little bit like he thought he was going to be a Jedi. So now is the meeting him saying, like, you have to make me a Jedi, you know, but I no think that way. would be a story anyway. Honestly, oh. I don't think so either. Really? That would be one disappointing to hear because i don't think any actor is bigger than star wars i don't think they ever should be where they're making demands like that like Mm -hmm. 
Mark Hamill was very vocal about not liking the path that Luke took in The Last Jedi. And he said, this isn't my character. It doesn't belong to me. I'm just its vehicle. And for the biggest hero in the franchise to say that, John Boyega certainly is not going to be rolling in saying like, I need to be a Jedi. I need to have this. I need to have that. And I don't it think it just doesn't would, seem like him. Yeah, I don't think right. he would do that. So I'm hoping that's not what happened. But I could also at the same time seeing Disney being fully, especially if this was happening three years ago, being fully aware of like his experience, the stuff he heard online uh how he was treated by fans after a lot of that and how he felt disney treated it and uh, and the posters in asia a lot of that stuff they want to make sure they do it right so that could be their angle on it it doesn't mean he's demanding that but he'll be like oh you're coming up with a story and this is where finn's at not only does that make sense but i love it and i'm all in so i wanted to come back because daisy's coming back and I always said I'd come back if she came back, but you're giving me this. Give me the give me the paper now. Let me sign it right now. Out of out of pure curiosity on this story, do you think JJ Abrams will be a producer in in any capacity? No, no, I think he's moved on. Yeah, I think he signed that deal with Warner too. I mean, I guess I just thought. It might be one of those like lunch producers get his name involved. It's his characters. I'm going to be honest. I don't think he had a good experience coming out of the rise of Skywalker from the interviews where he would be on stage and he'd be like, people would be like, everyone hates your movie. What is your reaction? Mm -hmm. And his reaction Mm -hmm. is like, they're allowed to feel that way. Like that's their choice. It's a personal reaction. You know, multimedia is a personal experience. Who would want to be in that? That's why I'm so boggled that Ryan Johnson's constantly like, I want to come back. I'm like, why, man? Why? Why do you want to be harassed like that? Like, I get it. It's Star Wars, but he's killing it in Netflix with these uh, Knives Out series. So I'm just like, why would you want to put yourself in that situation again? Everything you hear about, you know, what happened with Nine and them not wanting to do two movies, them not wanting a long cut and stuff. And I think a lot of that was forced onto Abrams. I think there were some story angles he wanted to do that they rebuked and he didn't blow anything up. He's a professional. He's one of the the most respected. He did his project. He said what he wanted to say. If people said they didn't like it, he said, you're right. I have so much damn respect for how JJ Abrams handled himself throughout this whole thing. And then watching the documentary of them making that movie and how much he put into it. I, always scratch my head when people say bad things about jj abrams it blows my mind especially because if you look at the whole scenario too like coming out of it what people were saying he never said anything mean then colin trevorrow leaks his whole script which we know that's who did it that's such a rude thing to do to someone um especially someone that's like in your space like that's basically what he was doing to jj is like oh this is better at a job than you are yeah it's just rude and then it seems like from stories we've heard and other things like there was just a lot of hands in the pot a lot of kitchens and a lot of chefs in the kitchen there and the studio was making pressuring choices that they were telling people to you know make um which then affected jj but he never pushed that out he never was negative he never said anything bad about anybody and there's a reason why john boyega daisy 
Eunice Huthar, all these people are saying, I love JJ. I would work with JJ in a heartbeat. Greg Grumberg, of course. Yeah, Greg. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. His BFF. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Remember we told told him what Eunice said in that one answer? She said, the love of my life. And he's like, I'm stealing that answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Greg's awesome. Um, He's so happy all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, lots of lot, lots of things to think about as we head into this next era of movies. Um, I mean, obviously, we've talked about Dave's, we've talked about uh, Charmaine. It's exciting. We're talking yeah, about Star it, Wars movie news. And as soon as as soon as uh, Indy Five really like comes out, people are going to oh. be like, "Oh, we we get to talk to the director. What's your next? Your Star Wars? Let's talk about Great that. Point. You know, you know yeah. you're going to get those interviews. And and so as soon as Indy hits. That's where we're going to start getting thoughts on uh, James Mangold's movie from. Jimmy Fallon's going to be like, James Mangold, tell me, what can you tell me about Star Wars? And he's going to be like, I can't say anything. Ah! <laughs> he's like, all right, let's play beer pong. <laughs> Quest love, give me a beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you you missed a part there. He would say, oh, because <laughs> he always <laughs> does. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy um, Fallon is also Will Ferrell's Harry Carey. Yeah, that's what it sounded like at first. I was hey like, everybody, <laughs> comes with. All right, well, that is going to be it for Resistance Report this week. Lots of crazy stories. That was a good, good uh, section. But we got another good section coming up, and I'm going to hand it over to Lacey to take us into it. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. All right, guys, you know the deal. There are lots of ways you can support us. You could subscribe on YouTube. We're growing the channel there. We appreciate it. We're almost over 2,000 subscribers. We're getting there. Um, you can follow us on all the audio platforms like Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review if you get a chance. And on social media at TRB Podcasts. So we recently changed all the, the handles, so they're all the same. TRB Podcasts. You can easily find us. But if you want more than that, uh, and you want to become a part of the resistance and support what we're doing here, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, you get to be a part of the community. You get to engage with the shows, live streams, weekly exclusive videos, and much, much more. This is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part. We ask them a question, they give us their answer, and we discuss. But before we do that, I do want to thank those people. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Allington, Diana, Mike Harrison, Chris White, Colin Corimer, Hass Aslam, Ryan Wara, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, which is just the best name. Uh, thank you guys so much. And our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much. This week, we have one of our new generals, our recent generals. So excited for this. Colin is up. Colin, right. so hyped to have you on the show. So his first pod race is, do you think Anakin's fall to the dark side would have changed Qui-Gon's belief that he was the chosen one? Colin, take it away. Hello, Resistance team. Uh, So I've been thinking about this question, and I'm going to say no, only because uh, if you were to look at, especially like the Kenobi series, Qui-Gon had, you know, 
always sh like showed himself to Obi-Wan, you know, once, and that was when Luke was 10, if Anakin had, Anakin's fall to the dark side had actually changed anything about Qui-Gon's opinion on, on him, I think he probably would have showed himself to Obi-Wan a lot sooner than just when Luke was 10, if that makes sense. But if he was still alive, I think the answer still would have been, still would be no. But yeah, that's my answer. Thanks. Awesome job, Colin. Way to go. John, what'd you think? I like that Colin is, you know, Qui-Gon, you told us, is your favorite character. And I like that you believe in him so much that he would stand by the prophecy, regardless of what happened. So I wasn't sure how you were going to answer that. I bet, you know, Qui-Gon's such a complex character who toes that line uh, of the rules that I bet a lot of Qui-Gon fans might answer this differently. So I like that you think, though, that he still believes uh, that Anakin is the chosen one, even though the path that he's on currently doesn't seem like it will take us there. And I'm not saying it means Anakin had to go through this to get to that end point with Luke and the Emperor, but he still got there. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. The prophecy is something, it's definitely something to be debated, but in the end, I liked your answer because you're sticking by Qui-Gon's conviction about the prophecy. So, and great job, man. Uh, first of all, yeah. Thank, more importantly than that, thanks for all the support. Way to go on the pod race. You did such a great job. It's uh, nice to see your face and uh, you've been a welcome addition to our community. So thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. And awesome job, man. James. Yeah. Yeah. Colin, it's, it's also one of those things too. Like sometimes it's, <laughs> we just appreciate the fact that you actually just are like, you're going to do it. Like you're going to pull out the camera and get on, you know, record yourself, send it over and just appear in the episode just in general. That that's awesome. And, and thank you for doing that as well. Um, as far as your answer go, I think you're exactly right. I don't think Qui-Gon would have changed his mind. I think what would be really interesting is this like alternative reality where we get to see what would happen if Qui-Gon won that fight against Darth Maul and sort of see like this comic what if or something, you know, that I think that would be such an interesting story. But at the end of the day, I still, I still got to say that like, I know everything that happens and I still land on Anakin was in fact the chosen one. I think Luke was something else. Um, I think Obi-Wan is wrong about Luke being the chosen one. I think Obi-Wan just needed his own version of what he, what Qui-Gon had, but I think Qui-Gon was right. About Purpose. It, yeah. 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 So, um, so I, I think that Qui-Gon throughout it all, even when he's in like the cosmic force world or whatever, I think he still just sees the whole picture and he goes like, man, I nailed it. I was right. Anakin is, and ultimately is like the, the focal point of the force. Uh, he is the chosen one. There is this bigger story. Um, and I'm not really focused about that. That's not my purpose anymore. Like he just leans into Obi-Wan and following Obi-Wan and helping him. So I, I think that's where we're at. But uh, again, I think you're right on the answer. Thank you for becoming a general and thank you for doing the pod race. Awesome. Colin, you did an amazing job. I think these guys wrapped it up perfectly. I don't think I could answer or add anything else. I think you know Qui-Gon very well, and I think this question was perfect for you. Um, 
I don't know if I agree that Anakin is the chosen one. However, I do like your answer. But thank you so much. So now we're going to head back to John. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to close this episode out with a casual open chat. I haven't done one of these in a while. And uh, we will be shifting Mondays back to our discussion episodes. So you're going to get your will of the force, your one of the force, your main topic discussions, resistance transmissions coming back on Mondays. Uh, so to close out this sort of hybrid Monday that we have going when there's a Star Wars show on Disney Plus, uh, just anything that's on our mind it doesn't have to be Star Wars. I finally saw Scream Six, and I'm not going to spoil anything, uh, but. It's so disappointing to keep wanting to show up and watch these movies and just get let down every time. <laughs> and it's just, I love the first Scream movie so, so much. And I feel like now it's at the point where fans and the people who are making the movies, who it's not Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson anymore, but uh, the Ready or Not crew are doing it. It's like they're chasing the high of how clever the first one was and they haven't been able to hit it. And it's still make money and stuff and i'll still watch them but i didn't this is the first one i didn't go see in the theater and it was sort of disappointing so it makes me think of star wars in a bit because i don't think star wars is chasing anything like that i think star wars is still very viable and it's like when a successful band is still churn, like around for years but still making like good records or something so i don't know if you guys are you guys aren't really into scream that much but no do you have i've never seen one you've had probably had movie franchises or something where you're like man it's just bad now and like that i feel that way about like the jurassic park movies and stuff jurassic worlds and stuff like that it's like i get why they keep making them but at some point i think people have to admit like these things are getting rough i didn't see past the second jurassic world that one ended it for me. I was like, I have no interest. In oh, this. me too. It was it so is. bad. The whole house thing where they're like raffling off dinosaurs and 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 the the turns that they they retcon and said Hammond had a second partner and the reason why they actually did it was to eventually clone humans. I'm like, oh my god, that is yeah, so bad. I, hate, I hated it so much, and it makes me hate it more because it's Colin Trevorrow and everything he did to J.J. Abrams. So, um, <laughs> You know what was like, I, a, a really weird thing about that that auction thing is I like I wanted to be like, well, this is kind of dumb, but I could not just mentally get over how little they were selling those dinosaurs for. <laughs> like it was this secret was like $30 million? Crazy, what? Less like than, 30. way less than that. Like really? $10,000. $10, no yes it was incredibly low like i was just i was just like astonished i'm like like they're they have these dinosaurs and it's like this secret super secret they're like bitcoin's uh, more expensive than this dinosaur yes. like and they're and the guy's just like he's like oh my god we're gonna be so rich because they've sold like 20 dinosaurs at this point and it's like seven hundred thousand dollars or something i'm like that's it that's like you like that's a raised oh ranch god, in fairfield like, county i feel like if you cut off the foot of one of these dinosaurs it would go more than a million you know yeah. like yeah it was just incredible incredible how this guy was so excited about making so much money from this this auction and i'm like that's not a lot of money man i don't know what you're doing but you're doing it wrong well, I have to say that I think franchise-wise, the Harry Potter franchise like should have ended with the Harry Potter movies. And when they started going into that Newt stuff, I was like, 
no interest. And those didn't what do, you do think well. What about the series that they're going to do of it? I think it's too early. I don't think it's been long enough. And I think that the movies were so perfect that why are you trying to make a show now? Oh, right. Do money. Do um, you think they should bring them back, though, like older, later? Well, they do that in the play. But I mean, the movies, like, don't you think that'll happen? Sort of like the Force Awakens version of Harry Potter. Right. I'm saying okay. in the play that came out, the book that J.K. Rowling wrote, they yeah. do come back and they're older. It's about their kids. Yeah, but I want like the main actors back in a movie doing that. Hmm. I mean, I think that would be interesting. I think the I don't thing know the for story, me, but I think they're around, right? In that book. Huh? What? Like, I don't know the story of the, the sequel book, but I the feel sequel like the book is character. literally back to the future. The kid goes back in the future and starts messing with everything. And then they start like erasing what had happened and all this other stuff. It's like literally oh. back to the future. Oh, wow. Yeah. Their, their kid Severus goes back in time and like changes stuff. Um, but that being said, I think for me as someone that's a big Hunger Games fan outside of Star Wars, the new prequel Hunger Games movies are coming out. And I didn't read the prequel book because I was like, why do I need to know what President Snow was like when he was younger? Because he's a terrible person. Like, I don't need to know what he was like. I don't know what the uh, kind of like the intention is with that, with the new like, oh, we got to learn what villains are thinking. And I'm like, sometimes you don't. Sometimes villains can just be bad guys. Yep. But the new movie is starring that girl, Rachel, from West Side Story okay um so i'm excited to see what comes out of that but like i'm kind of nervous because it has so much expectation you know because jennifer lawrence and like all the people for the Is original she series be like a parent to her or something like that or no connection I, my understanding is that she's the first tribute from 12 so, I, like, seen, I still haven't seen those movies i gotta see those things you haven't seen hunger games no well hunger games is basically running man and battle royale mixed together so if you like seen running both, man Either yeah. of those, you that's what when I saw Hunger Games, I hadn't seen Running Man, and Matt got mad at me because he's an Arnold fan and he was like, This is basically Running Man, and like, <laughs> got like really mad. So it's basically that and Battle Royale from time. Japan. What? Right. I'm curious if like they would hold up without all of the like grandeur cultural success, yeah, exactly. Around, I think they, they made, do, and then they made books after. No, yeah. the books came first, <laughs> he's joking. He's pulling oh. their heads. Well, the funny thing is, though, the first two books came before the movies. The third book she wrote, Suzanne Collins from Newtown, Connecticut, wrote the third book after she had already gotten the rights to the movies. So I feel like she phoned it in on the last book. I Ooh. strongly believe that. I strongly believe that she was just like, I'm just going to kill everybody and whatever. Whoa, spoilers. Now I can't watch it. <laughs> I said everybody. So now you don't really don't know who it is. I'm, yeah. I'm going to assume everybody. Everybody does not die. <laughs> James just spoiled it for you. I was oh, just lying. Oh. You said everybody <laughs> did die, and I said everybody did not die. So, so who does die? <laughs> anyway, long story short is what I'm saying is I'm excited that the Hunger Games is coming back in a sense, but I'm nervous to see what they do with it because I don't want them to like. But it does have the director of Catching Fire and Mocking Jay as the director okay. of these, so... You know, I mean, my favorite didn't work uh, for Harry Potter, though. I know. What brought back David? My favorite Gates Hunger Game more. out of all of them. <laughs> okay. hungry, my hungry favorite hippo. one. What? No, John's hungry, McGinger. hungry hippos. Yeah. That's that's, that's the game. best you could. That's the best you could do. 
that's the you want to remember try the jokes again? you made earlier in this episode do you want to try again do you remember the jokes you made earlier my favorite episode? hunger games book is catching fire by the way and that is the best movie yeah it's the best oh, movie for sure uh right on all right well it's nice to know that I have movies to if watch. If I could whistle, for... I'd do it. You have to Tron Legacy is what you need to do. Yeah, you do. But again, you guys said it's like music is the only good part. So should I just I've never part? said that. Oh. What we Lacey should do says music is the best part, but we both love the movie. What we should do is we should start a podcast where every week one of us picks a movie or a TV show episode to watch and the other two have to watch it and then you discuss. Are you going to watch the rest of the Indiana Jones movies? If you told her to. I've seen them. All of them? Yes. Oh, all right. I didn't <laughs> think you had seen all of them. I, I didn't think so. I thought you said you skipped certain ones. I skipped the second one, but I went back and watched it. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, how about uh, American Graffiti is what I want you to watch. Okay, that's not an actual thing we're doing. You can't just tell me to watch oh. things. <laughs> well, you guys keep saying I have to watch Tron. So. You do. <laughs> so there you go. Know. You yeah. have to watch American I just Graffiti. feel like you just need to b- bust it out one day and put it on. And I totally bought it. the uh, Mondo vinyl of Tron Legacy. On, uh... mm. I'm so pumped. I, I like the music, but I like the remix album more than the score. Oh, I like the score. And as far as the as far as the movie go, I like it because I feel like it's very similar to a Star Wars film. Like I feel like if you ever wanted to see Jeff Bridges as a Jedi, this movie does it. It's very cool. The music makes it, honestly. Jeff, Lacey, let me ask you this. this. Before yeah. we get out of here, I know you're fatigued on comic book movies, but a lot of buzz with the flash. Uh you gonna see that one? Probably not. Because the lead actor is a terrible person and they're supporting him but not supporting other people. So makes no sense. Hmm. Like I'm he was arrested for... for harassing people. <laughs> like, I have no interest in supporting someone like that. But I'll yeah, watch I mean... Michael Keaton on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm going to see it for Keaton for sure. I heard he did a great job in this. So I'm really pumped. I it's actually want hard. him to get... You know, it's hard to def- to defend people that have done terrible things and be like, oh, it's a comic book movie. And you're like, okay, but they're a terrible person. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of those tricky things where like, I also don't want that whole big pivotal thing that so many people have worked on just be completely ruined because one person, you know what I mean? Oh, the movie gets shelved because one person did these things. But it's like... Uh, yeah i don't know you some somehow or another if you go see that movie he's gonna get paid and it's not gonna help you know it's gonna be a weird phenomenon when you have this movie that's gonna make a ton of money and reset the dc universe and its star is not gonna be out promoting it <laughs> yeah oh he's not gonna be out of any of the press release things i probably doubt it. not i i'm almost they'll send michael keaton out there though and he'll yeah. do it yeah and the supergirl Callie, whatever. Yes, name yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes. But I'm I I really they're making another Beetlejuice movie. I hope that they him and Tim Burton make one more Batman movie. That'd be so amazing. They're um saying Jenna Ortega is gonna be uh yeah Lydia's daughter. That's pretty cool. They're yeah. eyeing her for that role, and I was like, Which man, makes sense too because Tim Burton's just snatching her up. And... He's like. You came 30 years too late, Jennifer. I know, exactly. Yeah. yeah you're and we never talked about that, but I did watch all of Wednesday. I was thinking about doing a special video 
with you, Lucy. Oh, Wednesday is Wednesday. so good. It is yeah. so good. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. Oh my god, I love. I didn't like love it, but I was like, I it was a good show. It. it reminded me of like Buffy back in the day. It's so good. Yeah, Buffy. I think I put out yeah. a post that was like, I think both of these festers are amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> both Lloyd great. And the Fred Armisen. Mm-hmm. He was very. He was surprisingly good. I thought I was going to hate him. I was the sitting picture. there going like, why is this guy so familiar? And it like actually took me like half an episode to be like, he kind of reminds me of Fred Armisen, like a little bit. Oh my gosh. What do you think of when you think of him? Like, what's the role you think of? Actually, oh, mine's, I, stupid. mine's so stupid. The stupid mine's really stupid. Mine isn't even a role. It's him doing uh, the the drum stuff on talk shows and on his stand-up because he does these like these drum things he's like oh just a little it's got a little bit of like you need these drum things that's honestly like the first thing i think of what i think of him but he's been in so much stuff he's not a leading person he's like a he's like a cameo person yeah john say your movie on three ready one two three euro trip euro trip Miscuzzi, Miscuzzi. <laughs> and then he just gets closer and closer and he's got his hand on his thigh. They're I didn't know the... that was him until ye- way later. They're going through the tunnels and they're all like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those things where like I learned, I feel like my first experience with Fred Armisen came way later. And then I was like, that was him in Eurotrip. He's the Muscuzi guy. <laughs> and I had to like go back. And I be knew like, as oh soon as gosh, you said it was him. You said it's so stupid. I was like, it is stupid. I know you're thinking the same thing. I am. And I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the guys. Um, no, he is in the uh, cork soaker skits on SNL. Like oh God, what talking about? those skits cracked me up, man. But yeah, he's. He's hilarious. Um, although I wasn't a big Portlandia fan, but I like I I usually like him more often than not. I say Mescuzzi all the time. Yeah, Mescuzzi, Mescuzzi. <laughs> oh, Mescuzzi, Mescuzzi. Um, all right, we're gonna Mescuzzi out of here. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Uh, it's a it's exciting times. We're talking new Star Wars movie news. We got TRB live coming up Thursday night, where we're gonna talk about everything that went on on May the fourth. Uh, also talk about visions uh, in full a lot of cool stuff uh so um, probably do some giveaways because may 4th yeah we got those going on uh for sure um but uh for us um like Lacey said subscribe rate all that good stuff and spread the word we really appreciate it uh but then also of course if you want to hit us up i'm johnny hoey on twitter uh and my movie pod just like the movies uh we got braveheart coming out uh next week i believe uh james how about you you can find me on twitter and instagram at myra trunks lacy people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillaran and on tiktok at it's lacy gillaran all right so everyone we hope your may is off to a wonderful start we hope wherever you are it's starting to warm up and start feeling good because we got may the fourth coming but have a great week and as always we'll see you next time with another episode right here on the resistance broadcast See you around, kids. It's gonna be May. Oh. (laughs) 